0: The Lord be with you and also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. We gather for ordered worship. The liturgy, music, and homily this day are offered in the praise of God for our congregation here within Marsh Chapel, for our radio congregation across New England at WBUR 90.9 FM, and for our Internet listenership now and later around the globe at WBUR.org. We welcome your prayerful material support your written or emailed responses, your self-selection of forms of leadership, service, and ministry in our midst, and as the Spirit moves, come Sunday, your presence here with us in worship. Today, Boston University welcomes you, founded in 1839 through the ministry of John Dempster. Boston University welcomes you, whose ten presidents have lived toward the motto of learning, virtue, and piety. Boston University, whose third president, Lemuel Merlin, said of us, his beloved school, in the heart of the city, in the service of the city. As we have done on this Sunday since 1982, we bring you five voices, graduates of the class of Boston University 2017, who who lift the word of faith under the mighty theme, This I Believe. This is the day the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. As we are able, may we stand in the praise of God. one God, forever and ever. Amen. Please be seated. Let not your hearts be troubled. We begin our hour of worship Sunday by Sunday with a moment of confession, a prayer of lament and contrition, as we pause to lay before Almighty God all that has been with the pardon and prospect of all that is yet To be. We come together in the mystery of a unity of mutual indwelling, the mystery of a unity of mutual indwelling. As the choir guides us in singing, may we pause for a moment of confession and prayer. Let not your hearts be troubled. Beloved, hear good news of God's pardon and God's peace to warm our hearts this day. If we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Thanks be to God.
1: A lesson from the first epistle of Peter, chapter 2, verses 2 through 10. Like newborn infants, long for the pure spiritual milk, so that by it you may grow into salvation, if indeed you have tasted that the Lord is good. Come to him, a living stone, though rejected by mortals, yet chosen and precious in God's sight. And like living stones, let yourselves be built into a spiritual house, to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. For it stands in Scripture, See, I am laying in Zion a stone, a cornerstone chosen and precious, and whoever believes in him will not be put to shame. To you, then, who believe, he is precious. But for those who do not believe, the stone that the builders rejected has become the very head of the corner. And a stone that makes them stumble, and a rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they disobey the word, as they were destined to do. But you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's own people, in order that you may proclaim the mighty acts of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Once you were not a people, but now you are God's people." Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God.
2: Please join me in reading responsively verses from Psalm 31 with the antiphon. I seek refuge, let me never be put to shame. In your righteousness, deliver me. Incline your ear to me, rescue me speedily. Be a rock of refuge for me, a strong fortress to save me. You are indeed my rock and my fortress. For your name's sake, lead me and guide me. Take me out of the net which is hidden for me, for you are my refuge. Into your hand I commit my spirit. You have redeemed me, O Lord, faithful God. My times are in your your hand. Deliver me from the hand of my enemies and persecutors. Let your face shine on your servants. Save me through your steadfast love.
0: The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to St. John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 14. Glory Glory to you, O Lord. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Believe in God. Believe also in me. In my Father's house there are many dwellings. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go to prepare a place for you, And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and will take you to myself, so that where I am, there you may be also. And you know the way to the place where I am going. Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know where you are going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and still you do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you I do not speak on my own, but the Father who dwells in me does his works. Believe me that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me. But if you do not, then believe me because of the works themselves. Very truly I tell you, the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do, and in fact, will do greater works than these, because I am going to the Father. I will do whatever you ask in my name so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I will do it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise Praise to you, Lord Christ.
3: Dear friends, please be seated. It is indeed a joy on this somewhat cold and rainy Mother's Day to welcome you to our 35th annual This I Believe service here at Marsh Chapel. To put that in some perspective, this service is one year older than I am. We are deeply grateful for the reflective work undertaken by all those who submitted This I Believe Reflections this year, and perhaps especially for the five that have been selected to present this morning. Our first This I Believe speaker is Marsh Chapel's very own Ian Quillen. In a week's time, Ian will be graduating summa cum laude from the College of Arts and Sciences with a Bachelor of Arts in Neuroscience, and minors in speech, language, and hearing sciences. He is a Kilachand Honors College scholar, has been inducted into Phi Beta Kappa Honor Society, has worked here at Marsh Chapel as a Marsh Associate intern, and has worked as an undergraduate research assistant at the BU Aphasia Research Lab in Sargent College. He has served as president of the Interfaith Council and a member of BU Model United Nations. Next year, he will be pursuing graduate studies in speech pathology at Vanderbilt University in a master's program. Welcome,
4: Ian. There is a saying that home is where the heart is. When I first came to BU, I wanted to create a new space that I could call home. Perhaps I could have gone further away from Brookline the town near Boston where I grew up, to accomplish
5: this.
4: (laughs) But when I came to Marsh Chapel my freshman year, I found a place that grounded me, where I could place roots. Marsh Chapel has been described as a heart for the heart of the city and a service in the service of the city. I would take the first part of this phrase and add an H to the word heart. Marsh Chapel has has become a hearth for me, as well as a heart for the city and a home. When I say hearth, I mean a space where people can find rest, food, and warmth. Most of all, I mean a space where people can find solace, grow, and change. I believe in building such hearths through acts of hospitality. This belief stems from spending Tuesday nights cooking dinner for students in the basement kitchen and sharing it over conversation and laughter it emerges from nights I would spend cleaning dishes and just listening to the simple piece of water flowing and dirt being washed away. It comes from my experiences sitting down with people and yielding space and time to them, space for them to comfortably be themselves, and time for them to tell me their stories. I believe that one of the greatest challenges as a student is learning how to listen. This is more than just paying attention in class so that you don't miss something. It involves not thinking of a response to what someone is telling you in the moment and just being present with them. Listening is becoming comfortable with your own silence so that you can discern the voices of others, the sound of your surroundings, or maybe the gentle whisper of the divine. Once you've discerned that, you then have a choice to make. How do I respond to what I've heard? I believe that sometimes the hardest power to master is not knowing when to act, but knowing when to yield. This is not the same as giving up or being complacent. Yielding is knowing how much you can do to support someone before stepping back and letting them make decisions for themselves with the tools they've been given. It is knowing when to let go of your ego while still preserving your worth as a person for the sake of another. It is knowing that you don't have to fix every problem to have hope, hope that survives best at the hearth you've created, for yourself and for others, when all else is said and done. These are the beliefs I've developed at Marsh Chapel. They are the flames that nurture me as I leave my home. They form my hearth and where my heart is. Amen. Oh yeah.
3: Our second speaker, Sphia Schreiner, will be graduating next week summa cum laude from the School of Education with a Master of Education in Educational Leadership and Policy. Prior to coming to BU, she worked as a high school English teacher in New Hampshire and as a middle school language arts teacher in Welch, West Virginia. Next year, she will be returning to her native New Hampshire again to teach high school English. Welcome, Sphia.
6: A year ago, I was sitting on a rickety front porch in a place known as Holler Number no. 5, surrounded by some of the kindest, sweetest people I'll ever meet who welcomed me and my husband into their lives with open arms. For two years, I lived and worked as a teacher in one of the poorest counties in the United States, McDowell County, West Virginia. Life is extremely difficult in this rural, abandoned coal country community. It was for us during our time there, and it has been for lifelong residents for many generations. Although I've moved back to New England, and it's been 11 months since then, it still sometimes feels surreal to be here in Boston, a place that has got to be about as close to a polar opposite of the holler, if there ever was one. Much has been made in the last year or so of the differences between people in rural America versus those in so-called coastal elite urban centers like Boston. Boston. The differences are many, and the culture shock was very real as I adapted from a life spent in the Northeast to one in rural Appalachia, which seems to still be at least a few decades behind the times, for better or worse. I experienced a second round of culture shock coming back a few years later, reintegrating into modern life, and going to grad school full-time this year here in the city. But for all the ways that we're different, there are also many ways that we're the same. First, people are good and want to be there for each other. When we first moved into our little West Virginia home, squished in next to 30 or so other homes in the hollow between two steep and lush tree-covered mountains, our neighbors brought us vegetables from their gardens, cakes baked in their kitchens, and invited us to drink iced tea with them on their porches. Here in Boston, I've seen this essential goodness studying alongside talented fellow teachers and accomplished, principled professors. I've seen incredible dedication and commitment to equity for children in classrooms across the country and the world, and a willingness to sacrifice and work tirelessly to ensure that all children are given the opportunity to succeed. Secondly, people are complicated, and they cannot be reduced to any single stereotype or label. It's very easy from here to write off the West Virginia contingent as an ignorant, narrow-minded monolith, but I can tell you from direct experience that this is not the case. Conversely, it's also easy to assume that all of us Yankees are cold, self-centered, and unfriendly, stereotypes that I heard from West Virginia friends that are similarly untrue. The truth is, there is no one label that can possibly encapsulate all of the beauty and joy and pain of a person's life. Everybody has a story, and we should acknowledge the complexity of those individual stories in every person we meet. Most importantly, we all have the same amount of God in us regardless of where we came from, what we've done, or where we're going. Looking below the surface, finding the essential goodness, and practicing love over suspicion, mercy over judgment. These are the things I believe in. In the collision of the two disparate worlds I've inhabited over the last few years, I've learned that the thing we need most ourselves, and the thing others need most from us, is simply this, grace. In the face of all that separates, this common thread unites, and that unity and connection are always worth pursuing.
3: Magdalena Butchek will be graduating from the Division of Graduate Medical Sciences with a Master's in Medical Sciences. Prior to coming to BU, she worked as a year-long volunteer at a medical respite facility for men experiencing homelessness in Washington, DC. Welcome, Magda.
7: I discovered these words of Thomas Merton, the year before, starting a master's in medical sciences. Perhaps I am stronger than I think. Perhaps I am even afraid of my strength and turn it against myself, thus making myself weak. Perhaps I am most afraid of the strength of God in me. Perhaps I would rather be guilty and weak in myself than strong in him whom I cannot understand. This thought haunted me as I struggled to believe that one day I could be a physician working with patients who experience homelessness and incarceration. Questions buzzed through my mind. Was I cut out for medical school? Could I take the intensity that everyone warns about? Standing strong in God was scarier than letting go of self-doubt. Anxiety and fear crept into every day during the first semester. I would cry in an empty classroom, and five minutes later, pull myself together, enough to walk into histology lab and study slides of kidney tubules. Nighttime was, and still is, the worst for my anxiety. I sat paralyzed at the thought of the work in front of me. In the second semester, several things happened. My brother had a serious skiing accident followed by major surgery. A friend attempted suicide. A high school classmate overdosed. And a young friend nearly died in a car accident. All the while, I was attempting to hold it together in my coursework. In the midst of this confusion and my own anxiety, I could think only one thing. Lord, I cannot do this alone. I was overwhelmed with work and emotions, and so I invited God to be beside me one moment, one hour, and one day at a time. Today, I told myself, I will attend lecture, review the thyroid physiology chapter and the morning's pharmacology lecture, and map the cranial nerves. I asked God to help me focus just on that, now and for the remainder of the day, and to worry about tomorrow when and if it gets here. The beloved people in my life had taught me in a harsh way that tomorrow is no guarantee. I often feel guilty about my anxiety, especially when I have the privileges of an excellent education, a safe home, and abundant food and support systems. I don't know why I feel it or why it keeps returning, but I know that I have a responsibility to use my privilege to address the injustices, poverty, and violence that plague our world. I do my best to address my anxiety, both for my well-being and for the well-being of those I serve. My anxiety is always nearby. Managing it will be a lifetime's work, requiring vigilance and self-reflection. May my self-doubts be constant reminders that I cannot do this alone. May my fears be invitations to be in relationship with God. Alone I am weak, but God's faithfulness, forgiveness, and love are infinite. Thus, in God, my strength is unbounded, and I should not fear my strength.
3: Adrian Lotoski is graduating from Metropolitan College with a Master of Science in Arts Administration, focusing in arts administration and, fundraising man- and receiving a fundraising management certificate. Prior to this program, she completed a Master of Science in Advertising in 2014, and even before that, worked at our very own WBUR. This past November, she began as Associate Director of Stewardship in the Development and Alumni Relations Department here at BU, and will continue that work after graduation.
8: This, I believe. I believe in journeys. I believe that life is a journey, whether short or long. It is a continual of time. We are all here for a journey through time, a journey to experience the preciousness of life and the bonds of humankind. I believe in sharing. I believe that sharing helps others. Sharing your knowledge with someone is to give them a bond to open the door to friendship. Sharing a meal with someone is to give someone substance for being. Sharing your time with someone is to share experiences. I believe in experiences. I believe with each and every experience comes lessons and learning. Learning should be constant and never-ending, and lessons are necessary for providing boundaries and guidelines to ensure future experiences are meaningful. Experiences are also to be shared to create eternal bonds, a family and friendship. What is life if we don't have family and friends to share our experiences? I believe in happiness. I believe the gift of happiness manifests itself in smiles. Smiles can be simply shared with your family, friends, neighbors, and strangers. A smile can change someone's day and provide a ray of happiness. I believe in helping others. I believe it is important to help those who cannot help themselves. Help is one way of facilitating another person's journey through life. Help someone else's journey so that they may benefit from your knowledge and your goodness. How difficult is it to open a door for someone, pick up someone's dropped item, or invite someone to share a cup of coffee? I believe in the importance of understanding. I believe understanding is necessary to take the journey through life. With understanding comes the ability to accept or reject, to make amends, and to move on. With understanding comes knowledge, and with knowledge comes respect. I believe in respect. I believe that each and every one of us is to be respected for our beliefs, including those that are religious, political, scientific, or sociological. Respect fosters relationships, which foster knowledge, which fosters goodwill. I believe goodness exists in each person, I believe each person is born with goodness and that it is always there, even if just under the surface. It might not always be easy to find the goodness, but once it is found, it can help others with their journeys. I believe in our children. I believe it is in our children that we deliver the messages of happiness, experiences, respect, and education. By teaching our children these messages, we're teaching them how to experience the journey of life and understanding. I believe in education a Boston University education with education comes knowledge and with knowledge comes the ability to change the ability to change things for the better to make your life better to make your brethren better to make your community better better and to make the world better this i believe
3: We conclude our This I Believe Reflections for 2017 with another of Marsh Chapel's own. Casey Schultz will be graduating summa cum laude from the College of Arts and Sciences with a Bachelor of Arts in Sociocultural Anthropology with minors in Spanish and African Studies. Casey is a Kilichand Honors College scholar and has been inducted into Phi Beta Kappa Honor Society. She has been a member of the Marsh Chapel choir since September of 2013 has served as a Marsh Associate in the Ministry Department here at Marsh Chapel, has played viola in the all-campus orchestra, and this past year has served as a Resident Assistant at Kilachand Hall. Next year, she will be volunteering through Lutheran Volunteer Corps with the Northwest Immigrant Rights Project in Seattle, Washington, as their bilingual immigrant youth advocate. Welcome, Casey.
9: 1,351 days ago, on matriculation Sunday, I came to the chapel for the first time for worship and sat in the third row of pews under the window of Martin Luther, trying to ignore the dull ache in my chest that had taken up residence ever since my parents had left the night before to fly, to fly back to Seattle. Nervous and alone, I started wondering what I had gotten myself into. But then the ethereal sound of the choir filled this space, resonating against the stone walls and washing over me in waves. We sang the same hymns I had sung since childhood, and I was wrapped up in the familiar, comforting rhythms of liturgy. That ache in my chest evaporated, the nervousness fled, and I knew I was home. In the four years since then, I've spent many hours here, singing and praying, studying and meditating, laughing and eating, questioning and listening. Located at the heart of campus, the chapel has also been at the heart of my four years here at BU. It has introduced me to new friends and ways of thinking about faith and vocation, while grounding me in a community of believers that was always there to support and encourage me. In the midst of a cohort of people from various faith traditions and backgrounds, I was challenged to define my faith and to lay out a vision of what I believe, my own personal credo. For one thing, my time at the chapel has helped me to realize that I believe people are inherently good, but also that we make mistakes, like a lot of mistakes. (laughs) I believe that God's love for us is so vibrant and pure that it wipes all those mistakes away. I believe that all people are connected to each other and that we need to honor that connection by taking care of and respecting one another. I believe in the baptism of rain on a fall day and the communion of food shared with friends. I believe that science and religion complement each other That God speaks into our silences and blooms into our empty spaces, and that the Holy Spirit lives in gusting winds and tranquil waters, in babbling toddlers and freely shed tears. I believe that worship requires a community, and community requires forgiveness, and forgiveness requires grace. I believe that doubt is the strongest form of faith, and that no person or tradition can fully comprehend the complex, paradoxical, and timeless nature of God. I believe that we are called to welcome those who have been rejected, to speak for those who have been silenced, and to lift up those who have been oppressed. I believe that prayer is a conversation, worship is a relationship, and scripture is a promise. Above all, I believe that God loves a love that is freely given, a love that we can never avoid or escape or ignore, a love that changes us and a love that frees us, a love that moves us to believe, a love that welcomes us home, amen.
3: Dear friends, please join me in thanking our This I Believe speakers. Dear friends, as we turn our hearts and minds to prayer, I invite you to assume an attitude and posture of prayer according to your tradition by standing, remaining seated, kneeling, or coming to the communion rail as we sing our call to prayer. Lead me, Lord. And gracious God, as another academic year comes to a close, we pause amidst our celebrations and our goodbyes to give thanks for the many hearths, the places, the people, the communities, and the experiences that welcome, warm, and guard us. We pause to invite your grace to enable us to see the basic goodness at the heart of each person we encounter, beyond all of our complexities and differences, and to recognize that our goodness comes from you. We pause to wonder at the strength you provide that sustains us in the midst of stress, anxiety, depression, confusion, loneliness and alienation. We pause to acknowledge the family, friends, neighbors, and strangers who teach us, share with us, help us, and walk with us along the journey of life. We pause to revel in your love, freely given, that we can neither avoid, escape, nor ignore, moving us, freeing us, changing us, and welcoming us home. And on this Mother's Day, we pause to embrace our mothers, whether they be here or afar or on another shore, as their embrace has brought us into being, nurtured, guided, and formed us, and for which we can never express thanks except by passing it on. Bless our graduates, bless our mothers, bless us all in the ministry and service to which you have called us. Amen. And now, as our Savior Christ has taught us, we are bold to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done
1: Good morning. Good morning. We welcome you again to the of Marsh Chapel. Whether you are seated here with us at 735 Commonwealth Avenue, listening live via radio or internet broadcast, or listening later on the podcast, please know that you are a valued member of our community. For those of you who are seated with us here in the pews, we ask that you write your name and contact information in the red, p- red pads found along the center aisle of each pew. This helps us to get to know you better, and you to get to know each other better. We would like to wish a very happy Mother's Day to all of the mothers in our lives. I especially would like to let my mom know that I love her and I appreciate her. Happy Mother's Day, Mom. Um, After the service today, our coffee hour will honor our graduates of the class of 2017. Please join us for refreshments and celebration in the Marsh Room downstairs. And next Sunday, our worship service at 11 o'clock is the university's baccalaureate service uh, in recognition of the graduates of, of the class of 2017 um, before the university-wide commencement ceremony that will take place at Nickerson Field. Please join us here for this celebratory occasion. For all other news and events, we invite you to visit our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as our website, bu.edu chapel, where there is also the opportunity for online giving. Now as the ushers wait upon us for the offering, let us remember that it is a gift and a discipline to be a giver.
3: Holy God, our friend and companion, receive these gifts for your service in this community and smile upon the givers, we pray. Amen.